Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you The Seminarians, a dialogue with students from the Pontifical College Josephinum, produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire vocations to the religious life. And now, The Seminarians. Hello and welcome to The Seminarian Show on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. My name is Brian Smith. I'm a seminarian of the Diocese of Youngstown. Joining me today is Jacob Stinnett from the Diocese of Columbus. Let us begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, to all of us who are members of your church, you have given us the great privilege of being called your children. Help us to continue to grow ever more and more into the meaning of this. And today, work through us. Help us to come to love you more and to understand the ways that you love us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jacob, in our show's before, we've spoken a few times about you know common questions people have about seminarians, mm-hmm. um, some perceptions they have of seminarian life, and it occurred to me that if you are with seminarians long enough, there are a few certain themes or topics of conversation that will eventually come up. Right. And um, one, of, one of them that I also enjoy, along with my brothers, is talking about our first masses, you know, like sure. imagining that day. Um, usually the day we're ordained or the day after, when often in our home parish or in another parish that's been important to us, we are, for the first time, the celebrant at Mass. Um, and this is an encapsulation of you know what we've been striving for, to be Christ for other people mm-hmm. and to, through our action, let him become present in the Eucharist. And there are a lot of details of that day of the first Mass. Sure, that, sure. I mean, some guys have started planning them their first day in seminary when mm-hmm. they still have six or seven or eight years Mm -hmm. to go because it's such an important, such a beautiful occasion that we want it to be almost perfect, right? Mm -hmm. And it requires a lot of preparation in some senses because Mm -hmm. um, the parish will usually prepare something special that day. So, you know, communicating with the people at the parish is going to be important. The choir will probably prepare something special music-wise. And um, the new priest will often wear for the first time vestments that his family or other benefactors have helped him acquire. Right. And, you know, those vestments are something we like to talk about a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. the different designs. Right. um, And I thought maybe we could talk today about those things because there's really a lot of meaning to those vestments sure people some people sometimes say oh these seminarians they're they're being so superficial just talking about these these external things Mm -hmm. but um like so much with the church these external things are drawing us into some deeper reality right um so i thought we could maybe talk about vestments in the life of the church that sounds um, great and how especially in the liturgy they help us enter into the liturgy more and enter into the mystery of God's love as it's communicated in right. the liturgy for us. That sounds like a plan. There's a few places we could start 
But just thinking of, you know, those areas that not everyone has access to, the sacristy is one of them. So in sure. the sacristy, you can see everything laid out usually in, in, the, in the different cabinets, in the drawers. Um, and one thing that catches my attention in many sacristies, partly because it's in the center often, is that there are a set of prayers with regards to these different vestments. Um, as the deacon or the priest or even the altar servers, you know, the acolytes, are putting on the things that they wear for Mass, the church provides very short, right. helpful prayers to lead us into the mystery of, you know, what we're doing at Mass. Um, so, if we were going to start somewhere, where where might we begin if we're getting ready for Mass? Let's imagine the priest, because that's the place where we're going to have, you know, the most examples of... Right. Of things to he talk has the about. most stuff to put on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the first vestment that a priest would put on is called an amos. Um, an amos is a little white cloth um, with a couple strings coming down the end. It goes around the neck um, to kind of cover up any little bits of his clerics or whatever clothes he has on mm-hmm. that he's you know wore when he was around the parish that day or he's going to wear later um, what he's wearing coming into the sacristy. Mm-hmm. So... The little there's a prayer that goes with the amos. Um, the prayer says, "Lord, set the helmet of salvation on my head to fend off all the assaults of the devil." Amen. Hmm. So, like you said, they're short little prayers. They take all of you know ten, fifteen seconds to pray. Right. Um, but they're pretty juicy prayers. There's a lot going on in this prayer. Um, it starts off calling the amos the helmet of salvation. So, so a lot of times, what it looks like now. Um, is not maybe <laughs> what we're thinking back in the past, you know, it might have looked like or what it's sure, representing. Sure, it was probably a lot larger, <laughs> kind of maybe even came up the back of the neck mm. uh, more than it does now. They're kind of smaller and just cover up the neckline. Mm-hmm. Um, but some priests, when they start, they'll actually touch it to the top of their heads. Yeah, I've seen that. To kind of symbolize very physically, this is the helmet of salvation mm-hmm. um, to fend off the assaults of the devil. Um, so there's something... Um, sacred about these vestments. Um, they put us in the liturgical mindset. They help us to stay focused on what we're doing in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they help keep the devil, distractions, any sort of evil that might be... Yeah, the devil's all about distractions. That's trying right. to get us off off track. Exactly. Um, you know, exactly. going away from good things to other things. Not even necessarily evil things, but just mm-hmm. things that aren't as good as what we're about to do. Right. And we're talking about going into the Mass, which is one of the, the high points of the Christian life. So we ask to be free from these distractions, which makes sense. Exactly. So after the Amos um, is the Alb. The Alb is um, the large white um, garment that the priest wears. It comes from his neck all the way down to his feet, um, full length of the arms, and it's always white. Um, mm. And the prayer for the alb, even in Latin, it starts off de alba me. Um, so you have that word alba right there in the prayer. Make me white, O Lord, hmm. and cleanse my heart, that being made white in the blood of the Lamb, I may deserve an eternal reward. Hmm. So this is um, talking about that splendor that we have as Christians, um, being washed with the blood of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our salvation, um, and we're made clean, right? 
through that. Um, all the, the dirtiness of sin is wiped away. Um, and so the whiteness of the alb is supposed to represent that um, beauty that the Christian life is supposed to be. And it calls to mind the sacrament of baptism too. Absolutely, yeah. So in, in the sacrament of baptism, after um, the little baby or the adult is baptized, mm-hmm. they put on a white garment right, to symbolize this new, this new life. And it's uh, looking forward to, as the prayer ends, uh, that I may deserve an eternal rewards. Was looking forward to heaven. Mm. Um, you know, we hear in the book of Revelation that the martyrs have that white robe washed in the blood of the Lamb in heaven. That's how we know that they're up there. Mm-hmm. One of their distinguishing characteristics. So we've got these beautiful associations of preparing for battle mm-hmm. and asking for the purity to really enter into prayer. And yes. to be free of the stains, you know, of sin, to be unified with God. So we have this foundation, you might say. Um, and then over top of that, what comes next? So after he's put on his big alb, um, the priest will then put on what's called a cincture, which is kind of that um, rope. Maybe it's white. Maybe it's uh, the color of the vestments that day. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be either. Um, and it goes right around his waist. So he'll tie it around his waist and it, um, practically it helps hold the stole in place later, um, keeps everything up so he doesn't trip uh-huh. over it maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but like all of these things, while they have a practical significance, there's also a spiritual significance. Right. There, I see there, uh, there's a little bit of an analogy to the Eucharist there where um, food and drink are things that we need as human beings. Mm-hmm. And God knows that. But in the Eucharist, he's giving us much more than just food for our bodies. Right. He's giving us spiritual sustenance. He's giving us his whole self mm-hmm. in a sacrament. Right. And with the vestments, we have a similar dynamic going on. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Um, The prayer for the cincture uh, goes, Gird me, O Lord, with the cincture of purity, and quench in my heart the fire of concupiscence, that the virtue of continence and chastity may abide in me. So this prayer is all about um, focusing the priest on his uh, promise of celibacy, Mm -hmm. of living that life of chastity, um, which is a constant um, battle, I suppose, for all Christians, mm-hmm. really, um, especially in the modern world. Um, so it goes around the waist, um, and it's asking for that um, maybe singleness of mind to, again, help focus us in mm-hmm. on, um, on what we're doing. Yeah, these are important details for the spiritual life in general, too. You know, we should be wary of just becoming complacent about progress we make in spiritual life. We should always be um, grateful for progress mm-hmm. and, you know, striving for better things, but also recognizing our weakness and turning to God and just saying, okay, you know, I've, I have been faithful in these things, but I still need your strength and your support. Right, right. And that's the case with all of the virtues, um, including the virtue of self-mastery, right. I guess maybe is a way we can talk about the cincture. Um, they're, there's a synergy involved with virtue. It involves effort on our part, mm-hmm. the work we're putting in, the diligence, the vigilance, um, but also relying on that help of God's grace um, to do all of that. So that's kind of embodied in this prayer for the cincture. Um, we're acknowledging that we're putting in work to fulfill our vows um, of chastity and celibacy, uh, but it also it starts off with that imperative, gird me, O Lord. Yep. Give me your help. It comes from you. Right. Um, After the cincture um, is 
an optional vestment. Okay. Um, it used to be uh, required in the church, but uh, it's become optional now. It's called a maniple. Mm. Um, because they're optional, you don't see them as often at Mass anymore. Sure. They're still permitted. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few priests who still like to wear them um, for the symbolism of them. And okay. Just because that's what we've done as a church for a long time. So what is that symbolism? And what does it look like? We haven't really heard. Sure. So just like the practical, what is a maniple? Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a little wrist stole okay. in a way. So it's um, kind of like a, not quite as long as a stole. It doesn't come all the way down, okay. but it hangs over the wrist. Um, it's the same shape. Um, mm. Usually the same color as the vestments. Okay. Um, and it's it comes from uh, the old Roman um, handkerchief. Ah. Um, so the prayer kind of also informs us a little bit about what it is. Um, the prayer for the maniple says, May I deserve, O Lord, to bear the maniple of weeping and sorrow in order that I may joyfully reap the reward of my labors. Mm. So there's two different things going on here. We have weeping and sorrow and also joy and reward for the labors. So, um, you know, when you're out working, oftentimes you get sweaty, mm-hmm. right? So you have your handkerchief or some sort of cloth to help, hmm. you know, wipe off your forehead so you can see what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. All right. the sweat and, and the tears sometimes if it's really hard work. <laughs> um, so there's a practical thing that it could have been used for. Right. So that was how it was used originally. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, maniples are rather decorated now, just like all the vestments are. Sure. So it wouldn't be quite as absorbent, maybe, <laughs> as you'd want it. We also have air conditioning in churches, so you don't get quite as sweaty as right. maybe we used to in the mm-hmm. summer. But it, it recognizes that the priest is doing work. Um, right. That's he's a good one. working for the people. Okay. Um, while it might not be the most strenuous of physical labor, mm-hmm. um, celebrating Mass. Um, there's still work involved with it. Right. Um, and it also looks forward to the reward um, of the Mass, which is the grace of the Eucharist. And um, we pray at the end of our lives, uh, entrance into heaven. Hmm. Um, A worthwhile reminder. You're listening to The Seminarian Show on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Brian Smith from the Diocese of Youngstown, and Jacob Stinnett from the Diocese of Columbus is joining me today. We're talking about the vestments that we see in Catholic liturgy, especially in the Mass. So we've been talking about the vestments the priest puts on, and we're just about to get to the main ones that you actually see (laughs) on the outside. Right. So a lot of this has been, maybe you want to call it liturgical underwear. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the stuff we put on before, kind of, you know, the big ones that people are used to seeing. Mm -hmm. Um, And just like when you put on your underwear in the morning, it's very important to do that. (laughs) There's a practical significance yeah, to it. for sure. Um, but as we were talking with all vestments, there's a spiritual significance mm-hmm. to um, that protection, um, asking God to help us in all of our labors, mm-hmm. all those sorts of things. And in the spiritual life, too, you know, we have to take our time to be being with God in the, the seclusion of our inner room, as he says. So a lot of the work in our spiritual life is going to be that way. Sure. More unnoticeable to the outside world. Mm-hmm. But there are things that we will do that show our love for Christ and our commitment to the church and the world. Right. There should so, be fruits to all of our prayer. Some of these further, further vestments c- carry a little bit more of that thrust to them, you might say. Yes, for sure. So the next one, um, after the priest has put on the alb and the cincture, is the stole. Um, the stole is that long, narrow piece of cloth that goes over the shoulders of the priest or over the left shoulder of the deacon and down mm-hmm. the side. Um 
and it's usually pretty long. It comes down maybe just below the knee length yeah, or, right. or sometimes like in an emergency stole um, for anointing of the sick or something like that. It'd be a little bit shorter. That's mm-hmm. just so it can fit in your pocket easy. Right. Um, so the stole, um, it's supposed to represent the authority or maybe a better word would be the ministry of the priest. Okay. Um, he has this over his shoulders. He's taken on that yoke of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's work involved with it. There's humility involved with it. But also he has that power of Christ also mm-hmm. to bring grace, to bring blessing into people's lives, to transform ordinary bread and wine into the true body and blood, soul and divinity of Christ. Um, so the prayer for the stole um, says, Lord, Restore the stole of immortality, which I lost through the collusion of our first parents, and unworthy as I am to approach your sacred mysteries, may I yet gain eternal joy. Hmm. So this is probably the longest of all the prayers, um, even though it's still not particularly long. No. Um, so it's talking about, um, it says the stole of immortality, um, that power, that authority, maybe the ministry that we were given at creation, Mm -hmm. um, which was lost through the sin of Adam and Eve, right? We have original sin now. So that's why we need the sacraments, to give us that grace that no longer comes to us naturally, Mm -hmm. that we no longer have within us, that um, needs to be a gift from God. Um, So the stole is representing that um, mediatorship that the priest has between God and men, bringing mm-hmm. that grace, that love. Representing God's authority and making it very clear that the authority of the priest is not his own right. in the end, but is an authority given to him by Christ. Absolutely. So, um, and many of the sacraments, the stole would be the last thing that the priest puts on, maybe to celebrate baptism okay. or a marriage outside of mass or something like that. So he's um, totally dressed. Yes. So in, for many, or confessions, um, mm-hmm. So in a lot of the sacraments, he's dressed, he's ready to go. Um, he said his prayers. He's asked God for help, protection, mm-hmm. focus, um, and has recognized the humility of his authority. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mass being the source and summit of the Christian life, um, the highest of the sacraments, um, all the sacraments gain their, their power through the sacrifice of the Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one more, which is probably the one that everyone notices first, um, unlike the liturgical underwear, right. it's not white. Mm-hmm. It can be white, but it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, the color depends on the day. Um, that's called the chasuble. So the chasuble is that big, um, most outer garment that the priest wears. Usually mm-hmm. it it covers most of him. When mm-hmm. You see his legs, right. his head, and his little hands sticking out the side. Um, so that's the chasuble. It's the, the name comes from the Latin word meaning little house, casula. Oh, wow. Um, so it, it kind of envelops the whole priest. That's his home. That's where he is most priest, right? He's doing what Christ, the high priest does offering sacrifice to the father on behalf of Hmm. mankind. He's doing what our Lord most directly said to do exactly in his memory. Yes. Hmm. Um, so it's the little house of the priest. Hmm. Um, the prayer goes, O Lord, who has said, my yoke is easy and my burden light. Grant that I may so carry it as to merit thy grace. Hmm. Amen. So the prayer 
looks back to the stole, that's, talking that's about say it's pretty similar. The yoke um, being sweet and the burden light, mm-hmm. um, and then it also looks forward again, so that I may carry it as to merit Thy grace. Mm. Um, and that second part of the prayer, it's talking about the humility of the priest, um, like we kind of talked about with the stole, recognizing. The authority of the priest doesn't come from himself. Right, it's a gift. He has um, it, but it's exactly given to him. Right, um, it's uh, you could say maybe it's a delegated power. Mm-hmm. Right, its source ultimately is Christ, um, and so the chasuble is supposed to represent that humility. Um, some of them are rather ornamented, so maybe they don't look like the most humble of vestments, mm-hmm. even though they are. Um, and it's also supposed to represent charity because that's how we merit. Um, grace or how we participate in Christ's merit, I suppose, to which, be extra precise. Which could be a reason to make it ornate and beautiful. Exactly. If something is representing charity or, or love, mm-hmm. um, we want to draw attention to it and help people to see um, its worth, its value. Um, you mentioned something about colors. We all know there's different options for colors. So, what could we say briefly about know how the priest determines which color he's going to put on any given day or mm. any given sacrament well really it's it's not up for the priest to determine which color uh-huh. he wants to wear it's not just ooh, i i'm feeling in, in a green mood today okay. or something like that mm. or i look best in white so i'm going to wear white all mm-hmm. the time i once heard a funny story from a seminarian a few years ago who was explaining to his parents about getting vestments um and he happened to be a, a convert um, mm-hmm. you know, from a church that was not the Catholic church. And he was explaining the, the color that he wanted to get first. And his parents said, well, don't you think you would look better in another one? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, green is the color that I'm going to be wearing the most. So we'll, we'll go with that one. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's determined by um, either the liturgical season that we're in mm-hmm. or by maybe there's a feast day, um, a saint's day, or the, the celebration of one of the martyrs of the church. Um, so all the colors have different meanings. Um, Probably the most commonly worn one, as you said, is green. Green is, I guess, kind of the default color. Mm. It's the color that we wear um, during ordinary time, um, which is most of the liturgical year. Mm -hmm. On Sundays and on days where there is no particular feast for a saint or a martyr or something like that. Green, so if there's something more distinctive going on, then we have a different color to help communicate that. Right. Right. And not that green is meaningless, right? Um, but it is kind of the standard okay. color. Um, green, I've heard it explained, you know, represents the life that's given to us through the sacraments. Um, as we know, yeah. in the spring, everything turns green mm-hmm. as the new life comes back mm-hmm. around. So there is some symbolism to the green, too. Not just, this is what we're going with because we don't have anything else. Um, but right, like you said, um, when the color changes, that's kind of our cue of, oh, something different is going on today. I wonder right. what it could be. Um, so the three other main colors that you'll see are purple, white, and red. Mm-hmm. Purple is the color of penance. Um, so those are it's worn on um, days of prayer for the poor souls in purgatory, mm-hmm. or um, often we wear it in America on the anniversary of Roe versus Wade to pray oh, for right. the conversion of our country right. mm-hmm. um, for the sin of abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, but most commonly we see it during the penitential seasons of Advent and Lent, those yeah. times of preparation. Okay. White is worn 
on the Feast of Saints, um, kind of hearkening back to that prayer of the alb that we may mm-hmm. be made white in the blood of the lamb. That's um, how we'll be clothed in heaven. And it's also worn for extra festive feast days. Um, I suppose you could call them that. Um, and for the Christmas season and the Easter season, mm-hmm. um, those are times of so celebration. Our, our most special feast days. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes you can substitute gold for white to make it okay. even more so, splendid. Right. So often a, a chasuble is not just going to be one straight color, mm-hmm. but there will be decoration on it. Sure. So Absolutely. Uh, that's one of those ways you can embellish white. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. last color, red. Um, we wear red for Feast of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So on Pentecost, um, mm-hmm. we're in red. We wear it on Good Friday um, because of the blood of our Lord mm. that was shed on Good Friday. And also for the feasts of the martyrs mm-hmm. um, who, in imitation of Christ, shed their blood for the church. There's so much that these vestments remind us of, really. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing a lot of people have heard about the colors before, but I think it's good to remind ourselves of those other vestments. And um, I hope that they can continue to to call to mind some of these virtues and prayers yeah sure yeah i think that's that's wonderful for people to be able to reflect on okay what are we doing here when the priest is wearing all these vestments Um, and just to conclude um like why do we wear vestments at all like we have Mm -hmm. all these particular prayers there's a history behind them but like just the idea of wearing vestments Mm -hmm. um, is important because it shows how separate and how you special mm-hmm. the time for mass is yeah. or the sacraments. We're not just wearing regular clothes. We're putting on these special spiritual clothes because we're entering into something sacred, sacred, something yeah. um, more important maybe than just our daily lives. And though we don't like to admit it, we need, we need help with that sometimes. Right. Just to remember, right. call it to mind. Well, thanks for helping us to appreciate these things a little bit more. Um, I hope that... You know, you and I in the future will continue to enter into these these mysteries. Yes, <laughs> to be attentive to what our mm-hmm. vestments mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thank you all for joining us today on the Seminarian Radio Show. You can hear all of our episodes at com, And we look forward to you joining us in the future. Let us close with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Holy Father, thank you for all of the things that you have given us in your creation and in our church that continue to remind us of how we can turn to you. And we turn to you, Mary, as well, you who are always attentive to your Son, to increase within our hearts the same disposition. Hail Mary, full Full of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed Blessed art thou among women, and and blessed blessed is the fruit of thy womb, womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Seminarians is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of The Seminarians and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com.